Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is the official radio home of the Chicago Cubs. Listen to every game here on Sports Radio 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Hamp hits a drive into right center field. Back goes Kane. That ball is going to be off the wall. Live from the Hyundai Studios, presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We are WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. An Odyssey station. The score! The 1-2. And Ian Happ gets hit by the pitch. And that nailed him in the leg, and he's down. He's hurt. Yeah, that one looked like it hit him in the knee. It was a slider coming in. Mm. And it sounded like it hit him right in the knee. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. Yeah, I think it just made a lot of sense. Uh, a little soreness, um, probably in the knee. Um, he said he feels good. Um, said he, he's available, but I think it just says I'm making out the lineup and stuff last night. Assuming there's some soreness, assuming that two days off wouldn't hurt anybody right now. With none of these guys have been on their feet for nine innings uh, before uh, the start of the season, so just makes a lot of sense. David Ross talking about Ian Happ and Ian Happ getting hit. You know why Ian Happ got hit? I'll tell you why. Because he plays for either the Cubs or the Brewers. And everybody who is a Cub or a Brewer will eventually get hit. And I don't think that's enough. I'm Matt Spiegel, and this is Hit and Run every Sunday morning from 9 to 12 on the score. A bonus 45 minutes today before Cubs pregame. I think media guys should get hit. I think that Guys who cover baseball for MLB.com ought to have their head on a swivel just in case. And I'm talking to you, Jordan Bastion, who joins us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Just be ready, Jordan. People are getting hit out there today. Well, I have you know, I, will, I set my high school's all-time single-season record for getting hit by the pitch, so I'm ready. That is a tremendous fact. Is that true? That's true. I got hit twenty time, uh, 10 times in 20 games uh, in my senior season. Uh, my coach used to hit me with BP fastballs to prepare me for the game. Uh, I, I actually signed a picture of me getting hit and gave it to him when I graduated. Uh, so what, what was that about? Were you, were, were you a good hitter or did you lean over the plate or were you slow to retract? I mean, what the hell was going on? You know, you know. I, speaking as a as a sports writer whose career took him right up to the press box, uh, but I, I was on top of the plate. I had quick wrists for a high schooler, so I wanted inside pitches. Um, the problem was that I closed off when I strided, and so I wore a lot of pitches. 
that uh, high school pitchers could not command inside. You know, like Wilson Contreras said, if you can't command inside, don't come inside, and that applied to to me when I played high school as well. Well, that's interesting. Let's touch on a couple <laughs> aspects of this, Jordan. Um, and is there? I don't know how many how many times Wilson been hit. I know that the Cubs have been hit as a team twenty seven times by the Brewers since the beginning of twenty twenty. I believe the 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 Brewers have been hit by the Cubs twenty four times in that same span. Um, I, I had read that earlier. Contreras has obviously been hit a ton. How many of those have been intentional to hit Wilson? You know, that's the thing. Like, not ever, not all of them have been intentional on him. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to go back and watch and see what was the count, what, what were they trying to do. But, I mean, you've got to imagine when it's, I think it's actually 27 by the Brewers pitchers, 26 for the Cubs pitchers dating back to 2020. Um, Cubs had, uh, were, Cubs did more hitting uh, last year, 18 to 12. Brewers hit the Cubs more in 2020. And then the Brewers took the lead last night, I guess, if you're uh, keeping score that way. But you've got to figure some of them um, were retaliation. You know, I mean, Ryan Tapera came out last year and said he had had enough, and that's why he threw it Brandon Woodruff and got the suspension that he did a year ago. Um, you know, when we talked to Wilson, when we talked to Ian Happ, you know, they said, hey, it's part of the scouting report on a few of our hitters. Happ said it was the same with Chris Bryant and some of the guys that were here in the past. Um, but I think Wilson's point was like, well, yeah, if it's in the scouting report, but if you can't execute it, especially on a cold night, like when it's hard to grip the ball and things like that, uh, maybe don't try and do that. But, you know, that's not going to stop them from trying to do that if that is their game plan. Yeah, no, understandably. And then here here was, was my take earlier in the show after listening to Andrew McCutcheon, who's such a thoughtful guy, talk about this. I think Keegan Thompson, uh, whoever called it, I don't know who ordered the code red, but they wanted it to look like it wasn't intentional to minimize the suspension. And I actually understand Andrew McCutcheon's thought about, like, if you're going to throw low and away, I'm going to lean harder over the plate, and then I might get hurt. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Where do you come out on the way all that went down, Jordan? Yeah, it was interesting. We asked David Ross about that, about McCutcheon's comments, and David Ross kind of joked that, oh, I've never polled people on uh, the, the way they prefer to get hit by a baseball. Um, you know, that was kind of entertaining. Um, but, yeah, I, I think – you know, at the heart of it, if, if people behind the scenes know it was intentional, um, then I think you can kind of see McCutcheon's point. Like if I'm going up to the plate and I kind of anticipate that I'm going to wear one in a nine to nothing ball game um, as sort of a, a message pitch, like I said, you know, Tapera wanted to deliver a message last year. He, he said that that's what he was doing. You know, then, then you understand where he's coming from. Just get it over with. And, but, you know, if, you know, to what Keegan explained was you know, he's out there working on a two seamer, and you know he was trying to get that two seamer to to run in on the on the righty, and then it you know quote unquote got away from him. And if that's the case, um, you know Wilson walked up the line with with McCutcheon to kind of let him know, you know that uh, you know it wasn't intentional and things like that. And I, I was actually impressed with Jason Hayward's sprint speed coming in from center field to make sure he was first in line um, when that mob formed up the first baseline, but. You know, it's it's interesting. It's we are, it goes back to the whole written rules, unwritten rules. Yeah. You know, old school, new school. There's no right answer. Yeah, yeah, there probably isn't. There's a lot of there's a lot of nuance in there, and the, and guys are gonna play it the way they want. All right, you mentioned Hayward. Random question because it came up uh, last segment. So I guess it's not random in that in that sense. 
Hayward playing as short and into right center as he has, has he talked about that? Because he's not doing it all the time, but sometimes he's doing it. I feel like he's trying to make center field feel more like right field, where he can go back on balls more in that direction. Is that a crazy thought? No, I don't think it's a crazy thought. I haven't delved into that yet with Hayward. I think that's really interesting. And what's cool now is we will be able to look at the some of the data and numbers of where he's positioning and how it compares to other center fielders. So maybe that's something we can look at here soon. I know one thing he has spoken about is discussing spacing with Seiya Suzuki as Seiya Suzuki gets used to right field in Wrigley Field, which can be a challenge. So, you know, maybe there's some of that involved mm-hmm. too of, you know, making sure he's, covering a little bit there as Suzuki's getting used to what it's like to play in right field and in Wrigley Field. That makes sense. Uh, let's talk about the two new guys, Stroman going today. But first, Suzuki, uh, your thoughts after watching the spring, the home runs came, they got moved down in the lineup, and then some singles came. The contact looks good. He looks comfortable, surprisingly, uh, to, to a surprising level, I guess. What are your thoughts? Yeah, he's a good hitter. And I think, like, the power is going to come. That's going to be there. I think the thing – that I was more interested in watching in the spring was everyone talks so much about his strike zone discipline and his patience and things like that. And we really started to see that, um, you know, play out over the course of the spring after he got those first initial jitters where he went up and was swinging right away in his first at bat and kind of looked like uh, a guy that just was searching for that first hit to get it out of the way. And then as the spring went on, we started to see the bats getting deeper. Um, there was one backfield at bat against Stroman um, when Stroman did the simulated game that was kind of fascinating. He went 0-2 and then worked it full, and then it was this long grinding, you know, eight nine pitch at bat with Stroman, who started working in delivery hesitations and variations to try and end the battle. And finally, he got Suzuki to, to strike out. I think, but it was this this sort of glimpse into okay, you can see how this guy can fight back from an 0-2 count. Um, and it's a situation where Stroman in that uh, in that particular moment was also trying to to navigate the same type of at bat, and he raved about um, what Suzuki was doing at the plate up there. And I think we've seen that in the first couple of games. We haven't seen nervousness in the at bats. We've seen patience. We've seen him take his pitches. Um, I'm not sure if he's swung and missed yet. I'd have to go look that up, but I don't know if he has. Hmm. Um, and it's been really really interesting. Uh, approaches from him, and I think that's a that's a positive sign for a guy that's adjusting to major league deliveries, uh, let alone major league stuff. You mentioned Stroman and changing up the timing of his deliveries, and I kind of that give people an idea of what they're going to see with the Stro Show. By the way, did he call it the Stro Show? Is that him? <laughs> they called it that. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me, but I, but I like it. But but tell people what they're gonna we're gonna see in terms of his pitch mix or like the style in that way. Yeah. Yeah, Ethan Roberts had a Stroh Show shirt on today, I believe. So, you know, he's one of those guys that has the um, height doesn't measure heart tattoo, um, which is Stroman's thing. Stroman said you're going to see the delivery variations, um, you know, where he pauses at the at when he lifts the leg, where he, you know, is quicker or slower. He says if you see that, it's because he's feeling like he's in a really good rhythm and he's comfortable on the mound. He said if he's if he's not sort of feeling that rhythm, um, if he's kind of fighting his mechanics a little bit and searching, then you're not going to see that come out. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, we started to see that in that simulated game in spring where he really started to work those things in. and It was interesting to watch. And it was also interesting to hear Justin Steele later say that he wants to talk to Stroman about that and maybe incorporate it into his own game um, and things like that. But I was talking with uh, Tommy Hadovy before the game about Stroman's repertoire, and he said something that's 
they've been working on too is with his slider um, having multiple variations of the pitch where you may go look it up later online and it might say slider, but you also see there's different versions, some that are harder and tighter, some that are more sweepy. You know, that's something that he's been working on. He actually said it's similar to, you know, the way you Darvish would manipulate that particular pitch where he had a slider, but he had like three different versions of it. So I think that's something that you'll want to keep an eye on with Stroman's outing as well. That's really cool. Jordan Bastion from MLU.com with us. I know how you love getting inside the data and the numbers like that. You mentioned Stroman's slider. I remember that, you know, when when Trevor Bauer was trying to learn his slider, he had the Edgertronic cameras set up behind the plate for the um, in the Cleveland Guardians, uh, the Cleveland ballpark, to dissect Stroman's slider. That's who Bauer mm-hmm. wanted to learn from. Um, so, so Stroman is one of those guys who really loves pitch design and getting into the weeds on that stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, and I think that's one thing that uh, made the Cubs and, and him kind of a fit was obviously the Cubs pitching group loves to do that too, and they brought in Daniel Moscos uh, as the assistant pitching coach and his background with the Yankees. There's background with uh, a certain type of slider mix as well. Um, and so they've kind of gotten into that lab and worked on those different grips. And, you know, it's going to be interesting now that we have big league stadiums and uh, big league data that we can start seeing a lot of this stuff uh, bear out over, over the month and over the, the next, you know, several starts for him as, as we get a grasp here in Chicago of, of what Marcus Stroman is here. And Ethan Roberts is one of those guys who's learned that slider from Moscos and made the big leagues and had his viral moment where he broke down in tears there on the bench. So um, I guess we shouldn't be surprised. He's wearing the Stroh Show t-shirt. He's got the Yankee grip slider that he learned from Moscos. He's a possible back of the bullpen arm at some point, isn't he? I mean, I love what David Robertson brings to the bullpen, frankly, but Ethan Roberts could be that guy there too. Totally. Um, I mean, they put him on the 40 man over the winter and he compared that to being drafted. Uh, and then when he made the team in that viral moment in the dugout, you know, he said that was like three layers of icing on, on top of a cake. Uh, it was such a cool moment. It's refreshing to, to talk to him because it was just such a pure uh, moment of joy for this, for this kid and this family to, to make the team in that moment I mean, and in that fashion. Um, and, you know, he loved getting to finish out the his major league debut to be the guy that was on the mound to finish the game got a couple of mementos for that had 20 25 family and friends in the crowd um he's just been soaking this in it's you know i love going up to talking with him right now because just everything for him is kind of surreal and uh he's just soaking it all up but beyond that yeah he's got great stuff and he looks like he has the makings of of a really uh potentially strong late inning arm and I think that's one thing that's kind of cool right now with the Cubs is there's a bunch of those homegrown relievers, some that are already in the big league, some that are still coming. And, you know, that's a great way to start building a bullpen when you can build it from the farm um, and then fill in the gaps with those veteran guys, similar to the approach that they did this winter. Jordan Bastion, great stuff. Thank you so much. Um, I want to close with a new segment I'm doing here where I ask each guest, not every time, but just, you know, maybe the first time they're on, for their baseball bona fides. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Who is one of your most favorite players in the game, past or present, and why? I'll go past. Um, you know, when I was a kid growing up in Chicago, you know, it was the Sammy Sosa show. Um, that was, you know, must-see TV. Yeah, that home run chase was amazing. You know, uh, personally, you know, our family was going through a tough time, and that 98 season kind of kept us 
alive, you know, just uh, watching it and living and dying with it. And you know, I remember cutting out newspaper clippings and following that along. And it was just such a such an amazing summer uh, to follow that here. And um, so Sammy Sosa, when I was a kid, you know, Sandberg, because I played second base in Chicago as a kid during that era. But Sosa was the guy that was like, man, I, I wish, you know, I tell my son, you don't realize how lucky you are to have like Shohei Otani on demand on your phone. Like, you know, I, if I could have done that with Sosa at bats, I would have. Yep, absolutely. That's a great answer. Appreciate the the share too. And yeah, man, I, I've told Pat Hughes directly how many times I pulled into my um, little uh, apartment there in, in Bucktown in 98 and just sat there in the car with the radio on because I just I did, I did, yeah. didn't want to miss the end of the Sosa at bats. What is the best game you've ever had a chance to see in person, Jordan Bastian? Well, I was covering Cleveland for Game Seven of the World Series. Um, but if you if you go before my my career working in sports, and that game is just on, it's a whole different other level. Um, again, when I was a kid, I was here at Wrigley for uh, the game. Sammy hit sixty one and sixty two, and beyond being there for that milestone moment. If you remember, that was the game that Mark Grace hit the walk off. Um, I think it was in the tenth inning against the Brewers. So. Never mind the fact that the place was packed and crazy and you, you couldn't even see Waveland Avenue because there were so many people out there. Um, you know, I was, to be able to see him hit those milestones but then have that walk-off with Grace's homer on the Sheffield, I mean, that was probably the, the best game I got to attend as a kid. Very, very cool. Um, and then the last one, what is one thing you would change if you were commissioner, Bastion? What would you do? Yeah, you know, I'm not a fan here in the press box with this take, but I don't like the runner on second extra inning rule. Uh, you know, I, I know uh, we all like to know that the game's going to end soon. And, it, you know, a lot of people like it for the strategy. Uh, it really, for me personally, I feel like it, it, you have a great vibe and storyline and rhythm to this game. And I feel like it, it hurts it in my opinion. So okay. um, if they were going to keep it, I think, push it back a couple innings. You know, if it starts in the 11th or 12th, I think I would be uh, better with it. But uh, I actually really enjoy the extremely long games. But I know that I am in a vast minor. I am in an extreme minority with that opinion. Yeah, you don't usually. Now you've said it out loud wherever you are in the know, clubhouse right now. Yeah. All right. Well, I apologize for the uh, price you'll have to pay conversationally for the rest of the day for that one. Jordan, thank you so much. Great stuff. Talk to you soon. No problem. Anytime. Hey, you got it. That's Jordan Bastian from MLB.com. I, I, I disagree, although I'd be open to it being in the 11th. You want to give them one innings of extras and then in the 11th go to the Ghost Runner? I'd be cool with that. 6-7 the score is where you are. One more segment, and then we will step away for Cubs pregame. Marcus Stroman against Freddie Peralta in the finale. Um, want to tell you what you might be seeing with this Cubs offense and why it's been so much fun. Why... It is the way it is so far. And we'll see if it lasts. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.